Hello. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Ozzy. Can you hear me, everyone? Good morning. Wonderful. Yes, we can hear you. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to every one of you um, and to all of our um, online visitors this morning. Really great to have each and every one of you once again. And we are looking forward to hearing from what God has to say through his word today. Um, but before we do that, I just want to just um, have um, Mel just sing um, a song. I just really want you just to listen and hear um, and just um, those words and just let those words just touch you and just let the Holy Spirit touch you as she sings. Touch me, 
Okay, thank you, babes. Really appreciate that. It's really lovely. Um, gonna be, before we look into the word, just gonna pray and to ask the Lord to help us as we delve into his word. Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that the entrance of your word brings light. Lord, we pray that light will come and permeate within our hearts this morning. We pray that you will touch us. We pray that you will help us. Lord, as we look at what you are saying through your word, we pray, Father, that we will be doers of your word, that your word will transform us as we receive and embrace it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Good morning once again. Um, so last time, the last time I was actually on here and sharing God's word, we was looking at um, certain conditions in answered prayer. And in the book of Revelations, chapter 12, verse 12, the scripture reads, Therefore rejoice, O heavens. By the way, this is the New Living Translation. And it goes on to say, And you who, who live in the heavens rejoice, but terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. There is another version that says that, the devil knows that his time is short. And so with that said, it's really um, a thing that the, the enemy is doing several things, many things as we know too. One of the things that he's doing is this, that he's seeking to prevent many people in coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he can't stop somebody in seeking God in coming to God if that person comes to God one of the things that he will seek to do is to bring fear and to bring bondage and to bring complacency upon a Christian and cause them not to know who they are what God has called them to be and prevent them from actually fulfilling their destiny and then if he can't stop someone from um, pressing through in, into that area, one of the, the things that the enemy would like to do is to stop us from actually having um, our prayers um, effectively um, answered. And this is what I want to really address today, because if our prayers are answered and we are praying effectively we're going to do significant damage the bible says that the effective fervent prayer of the righteous will avail much and so with that said i want us to look at certain conditions 
that will see answered prayer. And I want to in, try to see if I can complete it today because we started it last time and we looked at certain things, certain um, requirements that God requires us to actually see our prayers answered. So just by way of a recap for those who it's going to be your first time in hearing this and for us to go over it again, I'll just recap on a few things. So we did say this, that we said that prayer is a two-way communication between our father and us. And it's, it's us talking to him, communicating with him. And then it's us listening to what he has to say for us. We also know that prayer is a powerful, powerful weapon against Satan and his demons. And that when a Christian prays the, the scriptures and, and prays in faith, the devil is in, he starts to tremble. And without a Christian actually not, see the thing is we cannot survive without prayer. It is, as, I, as I've said in times past, that it's, we are like a fish without water if we don't pray. And it's, we are lifeless. It is as if, if I have like a mobile phone, as valuable as the mobile phone is, the phone could cost 700 pounds or 800 pounds. But if it doesn't have any power, that phone is useless. That phone cannot be effective in any way, shape or form. And so for the believer, for the Christian, if we are not plugged in to the power, if we're not plugged into prayer, we will be in trouble and we will be powerless. So we know that it's God's heart and it's God's mind to answer prayer. And we looked at several scriptures that highlighted it, that it's his heart that this actually takes place. Now, in Matthew chapter seven, verse seven to eight, it reads that it says, ask and it, sh it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. We are also reminded that in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22, it reads that, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive, you will receive these things. And let me just add this. These are not just mere words. These are words that if we hold onto them, the scripture says that he will watch over his word to perform it. As we come to God in faith, believing. The scripture also says this in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, that whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Then we read in the Gospel of John, and whatsoever 
you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. God is in the business of wanting to fulfill the, the, the things on our hearts, the things that we are yearning on our hearts for, in seeing our loved ones saved, in receiving our healing, in receiving answers to prayers to a, a job or something where you need a breakthrough. God is wanting to do this. And so with this said, I want us to go over the, the first few points and then complete the other um, eight basic conditions to our answered prayer. So we said that the first condition is this, we must know that we must the most important, rather, the most important fun and fundamental um, condition is that we are, are we pray in faith. We pray in faith. Now, faith is putting our trust in God wholeheartedly that we will that He will answer our prayer according to His will, and we find God's will in His Word. And the Scripture reads that but in in hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 but without faith it is impossible to please god for he that comes to god must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those that diligently seek him so as we put our faith and our confidence in him god will answer our prayer and we looked at a story in second kings chapter um, 20 um, and if you read that chapter it highlighted a story of um, of king of, of hezekiah of king hezekiah and he was um the, the the bible says how the prophet isaiah came to him and he told him to set his house in order and then for he shall die the scripture then says how hezekiah he turned his face to the wall. And the Bible says that, he says, remember, O Lord, how you have been faithful to me and how you served me single, how I've served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. And I, I, I purely, I really believe that he, he really prayed in faith and I'll go on and I'll explain why. Because the Bible says that, um, but as Isaiah left the middle of the courtyard, the message to him from the uh, message to him from the Lord came and says, go back to Hezekiah, the leader of the people. Tell him that this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestors says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. I will heal you. And three days from now, you will get out of bed and go to the temple. The scripture then goes on to say that how he added 15 years, 15 more years to his life 
And with that powerful example of Hezekiah praying in faith, he was not only able to get 15 more years, but he was able to change God's mind. Can you believe it? The person who created the heavens and the earth, he was able to convince God, listen, I need more time. So give me some more time, Lord. And the Lord was able, because he exercised his faith, God intervened for him and answered his prayer. The second condition that I mentioned the last time was this, that in the name of Jesus, this, when we pray, we must pray in the name of Jesus. And in John chapter 14, verse 13 to 14, it reads this, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, and so we mentioned, why do we pray in the name of Jesus? And we said this, we pray in the name of Jesus for this reason, because Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life, and that no man can come to the Father but by me. And as we acknowledge Jesus, we have access to the Father. We come directly to him because of the sacrifice Jesus has done on our behalf and he became the sacrificial substitute for our sins and he died on the cross so now the scripture says that we now have the righteousness of God and the scripture also says that his filthy rags was traded for I mean, our filthy rags was traded for his righteous robe. So every single time we come into the presence of God, it's, it, it is as if we are, when God looks at us, it's like, wow, all I can see is the righteousness of God on, in you, on you because of what Jesus Christ has done. So when we pray in the name of Jesus, we see the the god the father sees that the righteousness without how we're clothed with righteousness the righteousness of christ the scripture also says this in romans chapter 8 verse 32 he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not not with him also give us all things if God has given us his son, why is he not going to give us freely all things? God is no respecter of persons. God is not wanting to hoard things from us or to say you must do certain um, penances. No, nothing like that. All he requires is that we come with faith, that we pray in the name of Jesus and that we come to him boldly. In, in, in the scriptures, in, in um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it reads this, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And we said that God's bank account will never dry up. We can be rest assured that God, you, we can never, ever 
be calling out to God too much. We can never ever feel that, oh my goodness, we're going to bankrupt God because he's got all these other prayers that he's answering around the world. God is a God of the impossible. God is, is the God of, he's got so much resources, riches. The scripture says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and that he has everything at his disposal. So there is nothing too much that we can ever ask God. The third requirement or the third condition in, in coming before the Lord, we said that it was this. We said it was we come before the Lord with thanks and praise or praise and thanks. And we said that thanks and praise is not a feeling, it's, but it's a fact. And the scripture reads in Psalms 100 and verse one, verses 1 to 3, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. And it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And then it goes on to say in verse 4, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. So we see here that the gates are thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. As soon as we come to the gates, there is a heart of gratitude there is a heart of father we are grateful we are thankful and as we enter through the courts we enter with praise and adoration and thanksgiving to our god and the way to god is the way of praise and thanksgiving because in coming with a heart of gratitude it will help us and align our hearts to have hearts of expectancy, hearts of knowing that God is going to do it. The same God who done it yesterday will do it today. And remember what is written in the book of Hebrews, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. He never changes. He never changes. He is the same who we, who we read about in the book of Acts, we read about he does the same thing today and in the book of isaiah chapter 60 verse 18 the scripture says the walls of salvation and the gates are praise and then so every gate has an access and it's the same name of, on it and that's called praise so every single time we come into his presence we're to thank him where to praise him, where to lift him up. And then in Philippians chapter four, verse six, we, we read that it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You see, it's not enough just to bring your our, our prayer requests before the Lord. We have to come before the Lord with thanks. We need to come before the Lord with praise. We need to come with a, to the Lord with a heart of expectation 
knowing that he will do it because he is God and that there is nothing too difficult for him. Then we got onto the point about how we must approach God without condemnation, or we must approach God, in other words, boldly. And I want to um, really home in on this one and uh, one or two others. Um, in Psalms 66 verse 18, it says this, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. And so we asked the question, what does it mean to regard iniquity in our hearts? And how can we experience answered prayer? So when it says this, what does it mean? It means to keep a sin in our heart that we are unwilling to part from. It's like we are reluctant to let it go. And it's, it could be many things. It could be something like a habit that you're doing. It could be, um, it could be lying, it could be overeating. Um, it could be an anger problem. It could be worrying. It could be not walking in love. Um, it could be disobeying him. Maybe the Lord's asked you specifically to do something, but every time you come into his presence, you keep on talking to him about everything else. And he's saying, what about that thing I asked you about? And it's that kind of thing where there is a reluctance to actually um, express that area that we're seeking to hide from him, then there's iniquity in the heart. And that's why David says, he goes on to say, but in verse 19, but verily God has heard me because he knew that his heart was clean. And so as we come before the Lord, our heart in every area has to be transparent. Now, I want to really emphasize this point even further. In the book of Romans, chapter 7, where um, Paul the Apostle, he speaks about how he, he's failed um, each time. And he, every time he tries to do good, he, something bad happens. And I'm, I'm not talking about that. That's something different. But we're talking about where we deliberately decide to cherish. We decide to um, hide. We decide to not expose that area before the Lord. Now, this is the kind of thing that can actually cause um, our prayers to be hindered. But not only that, the enemy will cause guilt. He will cause shame and he will cause us not to feel bold in the presence of God. So then making our prayers ineffective. So it's so important that we put away iniquity, that we confess it before the Lord. The scripture says in, Rome, in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, that he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So we should pray and call upon the Lord and say something like this, Lord, 
I, I, I have regarded sin in my heart. I, I, I don't feel like to give this error up. Lord, please help me. Please forgive me. Lord, I don't want to sin. Please deliver me. And that's the kind of prayer and that's the kind of heart God is wanting. So then he can intervene and intercept on our behalf. The scripture, the scripture says also this in, in, in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8 to 10. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My, my, my brothers and my sisters, God is faithful and he is just to forgive us and cleanse us of all our, our sins. All we need to do is to just believe, take it by faith, just the same way when we received Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Receive by faith the forgiveness, the cleansing that he has provided for us in um, sending his son Jesus as he shed his blood for, on our behalf. The scripture um, highlights in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8 that I desire therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting so this is indicating once again we must pray in love we must pray without any anger or um, malice um, and as we lift up our hands before heaven it must be done in faith and with a pure heart and a clear conscience before God because as we come with a clear conscience before God we can come boldly into his presence and it just just to highlight the scripture that I've just been talking, um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God sits on a throne of grace. There is an endless amount of grace flowing from his throne that God wants to distribute to all those who come to him with faith, that come to him with praise, that come to him with a heart of expectation, that come to him with no iniquity in their hearts. God is wanting the grace, the enablement to change the situation that we may be facing. As we look to him, we'll be able to come boldly. We'll be able to come with no condemnation or guilt that the enemy desires to put on us because we've received his word and what he is saying. And I want to just add this, is that self-righteousness is one of the worst things that can prevent us from entering the presence of God. We cannot aim to come with our, or, or, um, with our own self-righteousness. 
by the things oh lord i've i've witnessed to five people this week oh lord i've i've given a thousand pounds to someone that is not the way to enter into the presence of god the bible says that we enter in by the blood of jesus we enter in by the name of jesus is is through christ in essence that we enter and is as the scripture says this our righteousness is as filthy rags so as we come into the presence of god let us rem be reminded we come humbly we come boldly into the presence not because of our own righteousness but because of the blood but because of the the price that jesus has paid because of the shed blood that has been that has purchased all of our sins and caused us to be delivered now we can come boldly into the presence of god and i be i believe this scripture that i'm about to read summarize what i'm saying here really beautifully in hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 it says let us go right into the presence of god this is hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 and it's the new living translation let us go right into the presence of god with sincere hearts fully trusting god trusting him for our guilty consciousness have been sprinkled with christ's blood and to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water so this is what gives us courage my, my fellow brethren to come into the presence of god by the blood of jesus not by anything else not by our own good works because the as we put our faith and our confidence in him it's all by his grace that flows from the throne of grace and in the old testament what took place every single year the bible says like the blood of goats and bulls was like um was slaughtered on our behalf in order to seek to try and deal with sin and so every year this is what took place in the old covenant in the old testament but because of what christ has done now it's been he has paid the price once and for all, which means we do not need to walk in guilt or shame. And I really want to emphasize on this because I believe this is one of the enemy's tactics to bring guilt and shame when we've done something wrong and we seek to, um, in, our, in our own um, human way, to appease God by lord I'll, I'll do this and i'll do that no no receive the forgiveness received by faith because of what christ has done and in hebrews chapter 10 and verses 11 to 12 it highlights this this point what i'm saying and every priest stands daily at the service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices this was like in the old covenant which can never take away sins verse 12 but when christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins he sat down at the right hand of god so because of what he's done we now can walk in boldly into 
the presence of God. So just to, so we come in by the name of Jesus. We come, that's number one. Um, sorry, number one is we come by faith. Number two, we come by the name of Jesus. And then number three, we come with praise and thanksgiving. And number four, we, um, and this is what we're going to enter into now. We're going to, so look at James chapter four, verses one to five. And it reads this. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? And may it, before I continue, I want to highlight this point here because it's actually talking about our motives. So that's another condition. That's number, I believe it's number five, our motives. So I'll start again. So what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want, you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it from them, to take it from them. And yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong and you want only what will give you pleasure. Now, just to give some kind of context for this, this section about motives, if you read James chapter three, it's talking about the world's wisdom compared to God's wisdom and doing whatever it and, and doing whatever it takes to get what they want. And so here, these guys were driven by envy and selfish ambition so that their motives for their prayers were wrong. Hence, it, it reads what I've just read. And so their prayers were not based upon love. Their prayers were based upon envy and, and selfishness. And so it's, it's so important that we have, um, we, we consider whenever we are praying, why, why am I praying this? Is this something, is, is, is God going to be glorified in this? Is it just for my own selfish gain? Is, my, is it because the Joneses have got this new car? Lord, oh Lord, give me a new car. I want to get a better car. I want to get a better house. Is, is our motives right? Is it, Lord, I would really like a nice house, you know, Lord, and I would use it for your kingdom. Is it something like that? Or is it something where your motives is purely for yourself? And in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, it reads this, but the Lord searches all the hearts and examines the secret motives. And I will, I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. And, but ultimately, every single thing that we bring before the Lord, you know, we, we should pray, we should pray something like this. Father, we pray that this, this thing, Lord, that I'm, I'm doing, Lord, you'll be glorified through this thing because this is what it's all about. The, the, the sixth thing um, is about right relationships. God will not 
forgive if we do not forgive others god will not forgive us and in matthew chapter 6 verse 14 to 15 it says this if you forgive those who sin against you your heavenly father will forgive you but if you refuse to forgive others you will not your heavenly father will not forgive you so failure to forgive others is one of the major blockages to our prayers so forgiveness is not and and forgiveness is not an emotion but it's and it's it's not a feeling but it's a decision and it's essential that we receive that we forgive others and that we we do not hold or harbor any form of forgiveness or unforgiveness towards others unfortunately my my time is up and i just want to um, stop there and i want to pray for any aspect of this um, teaching that has spoken to you that the lord will help us because we all need help none of us have arrived um as i was preparing this this was really challenging for me and i was saying lord please i i, I want to walk pure before you you know even as i come into your presence and you know if this is you where different aspects of this um, teaching has touched your heart i just want you to agree with me whilst i pray for you father i just want to come and bring before you your people and those who are listening under the sound of my voice i just pray that you will help and strengthen each and every person here lord father can you help different ones with different things in their hearts where they're struggling with different things father can you help us lord we want to um go and by the way that you have ordained help us lord to comply fully with your word so that we can see answered prayers lord we pray that you will strengthen each one who's feeling weak strengthen each one who's feeling tired and father we thank you today for your grace and for your mercy in jesus name amen